and welcome to Soul Talk with Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel. Rabbi Aaron, I think we have all been inundated with so many challenging, um, challenging thoughts that aren't just theoretical, because I think there's so many questions that so many of us can have about how God runs the world. And sometimes those questions are theoretical. And then when something really uh, disastrous happens, those questions go from a theoretical realm to a more um, emotional realm, trying to really process, uh, not just intellectually, but just through our emotions even, and digesting it becomes very personal and real. And one of the big questions among many, with all the tragedy going on right now and the hardship, is everyone, you know, I, I've heard other people ask this question. And there's a part of me that's struggling with this part too, is God is good. And we always, God is loving. So where is our loving God during such tragic and difficult times? Yeah. Yeah. Believe me, I, I am tormented <laughs> with uh, this question, these kinds of questions uh, since uh, I'm a young child, I've shared many times in our discussions that I'm a son of a survivor and, my mother was a holoc- was in the Holocaust at age fifteen, and although she didn't she didn't want to burden us, and she so she never spoke about the Holocaust, but she did scream about it in the middle of the night in nightmares. And so, at a very young age, I was already struggling with you know, was God good? And if God is good, why is there so much bad? And um, it's it you know, I, I don't have an answer, but I I have a direction that uh helps us a little at least cope with the problem but i you know like you know often people say why do rabbi aaron why do the righteous suffer and i say well i appreciate that compliment that you think i have an answer to that moses asked that question of god and he didn't get an answer to that so the fact that you think i do is quite a compliment so thank you very much but i don't have an answer to that but i i do have a say a perspective on it. And uh, the first, the, the perspective is this, you know, if we are under the influence of a paradigm that God is someone over there and we're someone over here and that someone over there created someone over here and that someone over there up there in heaven is watching us poor creatures suffering some down, somewhere down here. And how could he do that? How could he just be up there and watch us down here? And so, so that makes the question even more piercingly painful because God is up there stoically watching us from above as we're suffering from below. We're, we're referred to as God's children. And would a father stand above and just watch even sympathetically you know watch it wouldn't be enough wouldn't be enough but that's not really what the deepest teachings of judaism teaches about the human divine relationship judaism teaches that there's really nothing at all but god um in fact the name the yud the hey the vav the hey that's referred to as a tetragrammaton uh communicates the truth that God is, was, and always will be what he always was. And what he always was, was all there ever was, and all and all that ever will be, will be him. There's really the, literally nothing but Hashem. But if there's nothing but Hashem, where does that leave me? I'm an illusion. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm Hashem. 
So the answer is, no, you exist within Hashem. You're a part of Hashem. And our relationship to God is like the relationship between a baby and a mother in the womb of the mother. The baby is other than the mother. Uh, the baby is not the mother. And yet the baby exists within the mother. The baby can't exist without the mother, not at least in the, in the womb form. And therefore, from the mother's point of view, from the baby's point of view, should the baby be self-aware, it would probably think there's me and mom. But from the mother's point of view, there's just me. And even though this baby's not me, this baby exists within me, this baby is an extension of me, this baby is an integral part of me. And therefore, when, when we think about a God who is watching us in pain, we've got the wrong God. Because God up there and we up down here is a God that's watching us from above, from a distance in pain. But God being the all-embracing reality where in which we exist, of whom each and every one of us is of and in, we are of and in God, then God is literally feeling our pain, experiencing our pain. You know, when, when, you, when you have a friend and they say, and you're going through a painful time and they say, you know, I know how you feel. You really don't know how I feel. You know how you feel and you kind of approximate that something you once felt is something I'm feeling right now, but you don't know how I feel and you can't feel what I feel. But Hashem, God, doesn't simply know what I feel. It's certainly not watching our pain from a distance. Isn't even saying, I know how you feel, but rather, uh, uh, but rather I feel what you feel because you are literally a part of me. Now, this is not Kabbalah. This is actually from the verse in, in, in the Torah in, in Deuteronomy 32, a part of God is his people. We are literally a part of God. And of course, God doesn't break up into little pieces and, and slices like a pizza, but a facet of God, whatever. If my finger were in pain and it would say, how is it that David has no compassion on me and is watching me in my pain? What would I say to my finger? And more than that, if my finger had a sliver and I had to take a needle and start pulling out with pain, pulling out, and my finger was self-aware and would say, David, how could you do this? Not only are you watching me from above in pain, you're causing me this pain. How mm -hmm. could you do this? What would I say to my finger? I would say, you, you have no clue who you are. You have no clue who I am because you are a part of me. And I am feeling your pain, literally feeling your pain. And therefore, the real question is not why, where is God when we're in pain, but actually where is God when he's in pain with us? Mm. And that's a very different question. Now, the answer to that question is much longer than what we could do in a program like this. Some questions get an answer. Some questions get a class. Some questions get a course. And and that was being my book, The Secret Life of God. But what's at least comforting about this is that God is literally with us in our pain. And if God is allowing a part of himself to go through this pain, go through this hell, 
then we know that it's only a stopover to heaven. Hmm. And we need to go through this hell to get to heaven. And is it worth it? Well, right now, it doesn't feel worth it. Uh, someday, will we have 2020 hindsight? Someday, we'll look back at it and realize that this hell was really the path to heaven. We have to find our heaven by going through hell. Wow. <laughs> you just delivered a lot to digest. But it's such a paradigm shift because I think so many of us think of God over there and I'm here and suffering. And then that's where a lot of the anger to God can come. Why are you over there? And I'm here suffering. You are aware of what's going on. I'm going through this on my own as opposed to, and it's the concept, but the image of the baby within the mother, or especially to me, the finger, and you're taking out that splinter and using that needle. That's such a powerful image as a totally different experience of understanding what it is I'm going through, but also how I'm responding to what I'm going through, because it's almost ridiculous to say, I'm going to get upset with myself for the pain that I'm going through. I'm actually right. It, it's, and the comfort. And we, once we discuss this too, is that if I'm going through a painful experience, going through it, feeling like I'm on my own, as opposed to recognizing God is with me is a totally transformative experience. So the way you're explaining this really enables me to recognize that I not only should, but I, it's essential that I turn to God in the pain I'm going through because I'm not alone and God is actually going through this pain with me. Exactly. And what we need to realize that when we turn to God and, and maybe sweetly ask or maybe angrily demand to understand, why are you doing this to me? Or why are you allowing this to happen to me? God would say, you, I'm not doing this to you. I'm doing this to us. At least ask me the question, why are you doing this to us? And mm. including yourself. In fact, some explain when we pray, you know, it's all in the plural. And so generally the plural we assume means we're speaking to God in the plural, including the rest of, uh, you know, of, of our people. But one understanding is that we're including God in our request, you know, uh, you know, heal us, God, and we will be healed. Who's the we? Some explain it's you and me, God, right? Heal us. Let's let's get healed. But uh, if people think that, you know, I, I remember a horrible, horrible situation where uh, a, a relative of mine was killed in Israel. Uh, it was a, he was run over by a truck and he landed in Toronto the same time I landed in Toronto. I came to visit my parents, but he came to Toronto to be buried by his parents. And we went from the airport to the to the funeral. And he wasn't it was about my age at the time. I was like 19, uh, 20. And I remember the rabbi saying something that so turned me off. It so upset me. He said, a Yiddish statement, what do we know? Mention Tracht and the Rabbanisholam laugh. People think and the and the and and Hashem God is laughing. Like we think this is horrible, but he knows the whole story and he's laughing. I, I hated that. I just don't accept that. You know, I, I'm sure it has a different meaning than the way it was being applied. I don't think God is laughing. I don't think God is at peace. I don't think God is watching what we're going through stoically. I, I don't even think Hashem is going to say to us, I know how you feel because I feel what you feel because you are literally a part of me. 
And your question shouldn't be, why are you doing this to us? Uh, you know, why are you doing this to me? But why are you doing this to us? Why would God put himself in this pain? Hmm. A part of himself in this pain, which what's the difference if my finger is in a light socket. So even if it's just my finger, <laughs> my whole body is being electrocuted. Why is God putting a piece of himself in all this? And so uh, there is a direction to go. We need a lot more time for that. But at least there's certain there's a comfort in it that it's one thing that I feel my enemies are against me. It's another one to think that my creator is against me or at least or 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 my creator is not with me. But Hashem it says in the verse Anochi imo I am with him in his pain. And King David says Gam even if I'm walking in the valley of death I will not fear because you are with me. The Kabbalistic text called the Zohar adds this word of commentary, really, that you are really with me. You're not just simply figurative with me, you know, your friends in the hospital, you know, I'm real, I'm with you, I'm with you. No, you're not with me. You're not really with me. God is really with us, really with us, and is feeling our pain because it's also his pain. And, uh, and so it gives us hope. You know, it's one thing to think that maybe God is going to abandon us, but there's nothing, it's another thing to know that there's no way that God would ever abandon us because abandoning us would be abandoning a part of himself. Hmm. It'd be as foolish as me being willing to give up my finger. It's quite a way to think about it. But it also really brings, it makes it very visceral what you're talking about as much as in our head, like some of the ideas you're sharing, it's like, it, it's tough to digest. On the other hand, that example of, my finger is a part of me and yet I can still think separately from it. And yet I recognize that if it's in pain, I'm in meaning all that, that example really brings it to life. I know you said that some answers to some of these questions could take a whole course, which obviously um, makes sense, but there's this part of me that's still trying to understand. Um, God is with us in this pain at the same time. God is he can do anything. So it's almost as if the question can be, why would God allow us and him, so to speak, to go through this pain when, so to speak, he could stop it? Well, because, and this is always hard to hear, especially when you're in pain, because in pain, there's an enormous gain. Mm. And I, I once heard um, uh, uh, Rabbi Tversky, did a talk on, uh, uh, you know, understanding pain you know, the purpose of pain, something like that. And he asked the audience, you know, how many of you here can recall a joyous event that caused you tremendous growth and transformation? And almost nobody put up their hands. And they said, how many here can remember a tremendous painful event, a tragic event that caused you tremendous growth and transformation? And many, many people put up their hands. And he said, you know what, I don't know why it's this way, but it's this way. We seem to grow from pain much more than from pleasure. Hmm. And, uh, and so um, there is a profit from this pain that we right now can't see. But our sages tell us we will look back at the past and we will actually say, ah, oh, too bad I didn't have more pain. 
Mm. <laughs> it sounds like absolutely insane. You know, like that sounds insane to say such a thing. Uh, and so from, from God's perspective, from God's perspective, um, he knows all this is in the direction of the greatest blessings and that from the darkness emerges an incredible light and from the pain emerges an enormous pleasure and power. And it's right now in the pain, there's no way we can see that, feel that, or even be willing to accept that. Mm. Now, the image that keeps coming to mind as you're explaining it, because again, it comes into one of those things that in my mind, it's a little bit hard to process what you're saying, because it's not something I can wrap my head around. But then before, when you were giving those images, all of a sudden, it it made it more something I could digest. So I keep thinking about a seed being planted, or that even when you think of the nature that God created in the world, that part of nature, especially a seed being planted, at first, it seems like it's going to rot. But then from that rot comes all the potential and the growth and life. And in a sense, even built into nature, it sometimes can seem to us that, you know, you look at this seed, you think, what is this? It has to almost like rot before then something new can come out of it. It's a cycle. And so right. as much as it's hard for me to think about what you're saying, I, I sense that in the physical world, that concept exists as well. Yeah, I saw this amazingly wise graffiti on the sidewalk of Manhattan. And it said, they tried to kill us. They buried us alive. What they didn't know about us is we are seeds. Ooh. And wow. that was, it was literally on, with chalk. Somebody wrote this on the, on the pavement, uh, on the sidewalk of, on the west side of Manhattan. I looked at that and I went, wow, <laughs> what, what wisdom on a, mm. on, on a sidewalk. And that's it. We're seeds and we're about to blossom. And uh, right now we can't see the whole picture. But, uh, but yeah. So but you've, you've already given a perspective that to me is so powerful in the way it can change everything. Because I think if so much depends on how you see yourself, if you see that you've been buried alive, then that you feel like this is the end. If you recognize that it's not being buried alive, it's being planted, then it's a totally different perspective of as much as right now, even being planting, it's just sort of like labor for women in labor could think this is her end. But because she recognizes, no, this is the process of bringing new life into the world. It's doesn't mean it's not painful. It doesn't mean it's not very difficult, but it's it's a different mind space understanding that this is the process through which there's going to going if we're going through these painful tragic times that means there's also a tremendous life and growth that's going to be coming from this that's and also understanding that we're not alone god is with us yeah yeah totally. i i i i i admit that there's so much more that's left unclear but I'm hoping at least these words give people encouragement. And, you know, it's one thing to be in pain. It's another thing to feel abandoned. Mm. That's even more devastating pain. And to have an image of a God who must be so far away in heaven, maybe he doesn't even know what's going on with us on earth. That's a tragic understand misunderstanding of God. When we understand that we exist within him, we're a part of him and all everything we go through God goes through with us. At least there is some some comfort there to know that whatever we're going through, he's going through it with us. 
So it must be, in some way, only heading for the good. Wow. I want to thank you for joining us, Soul Talk, with Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel.